Well, good morning. My name is Alan. I'm one of the pastors here at the Vineyard. And I love what's behind me. God with us. You know, when we talk about Advent, we are in a watching, waiting, welcoming moment. Don't be confused. We're not looking for a baby. That's already happened. We're not confused about the coming of Christ. We anticipate his coming again. If you love the beginning, the end is really good too. Matter of fact, when most of us think about what God is at work doing, we automatically, almost always in our minds, and you can talk to most anyone, thank you Vince, you can talk to most anyone on the street and ask them, what does a future life look like? And they will take you almost immediately to Revelation 21. This wonderful, bliss-filled, incredible world that God is in control of. Now, they might not say God's in control, but they will take you to a blissful state of existence where no more tears of sorrow and sadness are shed. Where everything we need is provided and while we are together we will be experiencing the beauty of all God's good creation and I just want to suggest to you we're not going anywhere the kingdom is coming here a renewal he's not making new things he's not making new things he's making all things new all things new. Uh, you don't even have to, like, that's just free. But today we're going to continue uh, our series in Advent. And uh, it was my privilege to launch this series. It's also my privilege to sort of close the fourth Sunday of Advent. And today uh, we're going to, uh, in the process, we've been looking through uh, Luke chapters 1 and 2. And uh, when I spoke the first Sunday, I, I suggested that you could have some homework if you wanted. Let me suggest it again. Uh, some of you forgot. Uh, some of you have done it, but it would be good if you did it again. And let me just suggest to you that if you could read Luke chapters 1 and 2 between now and Christmas, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the God present with us in the text. And one of the beauties of Luke 1 and 2 simply is this, a highlighting of the work of the Holy Spirit in the announcement and engagement of the birth of Jesus. I mean, it's just all over the text. The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is present. The Holy Spirit is at work. And I don't want to depart from that today. I want to actually come back to it and highlight it again. Because today as uh, we talk, uh, we're going to be taking you to, um, again, watching, waiting, welcoming the kingdom, the king and his journey. And our four weeks have prepared us to be receptive. And in the words of Fleming Rutledge, I love her. She says, what we're receptive to is the once and future coming of Jesus. We watch, we wait, and we have opportunity to discover. And today the discovery that I think we can make is simply this. Peace is 
present. There's an availability to us for peace to be present. Right, let me just read to you. I love this song. It's an old song. I won't sing. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Can I suggest to you that to experience peace in this present moment, we must find our way to discovering that waiting well in the kingdom of God is necessary. And to do that, I want to take a look at uh, Luke chapter 2, and uh, we're going to begin with uh, verse 25, and I'm going to read uh, a, a rather large text, uh, so hang in there with me, and if you, if, you, if you like, read along with me, if you will, uh, in your smartphone or your Bible. Kurt pointed out that actually they still print those things, so you may have brought one of those, but read along with me if you like. Here it is. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Here it is, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the Gentiles, a light of revelation for the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, the tribe of Asher. She was very old she had lived with her husband seven years after, um, 70, I think this is what that's supposed to say, after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child and to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Mary and Joseph had done everything required by the law, the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. You know, I have lots of friends and lots of friends that I talk about when I preach are friends that I've never met. I want to introduce you again to a friend that I've never met, but He's a wonderful traveler in this life. His name is Dallas Willard. 
And I want to invite you to just live into what Dallas says. Have you ever been reading scripture and you've discovered yourself being like that? That I'm, I'm there. That could be me. Um, it, it includes me. Dallas says that whenever we read scripture and we find ourselves in the scripture, there's a simple explanation for it. The simple explanation is that we're human beings. Like, like we can see ourselves because we see other human beings in that moment. He also layers it and says, we can see ourselves in it because we're human beings, but he's, he, he layers it and says, we also can see ourselves in that because we are those who have experienced the invitation of God to live into his story, right? So we see it because we're human and it just resonates with it, but we see it because it's experiential. And so let me just say to you, I think there were six times in that text that I just read to you, that it says, and the Holy Spirit was. Can I just ask you, where's the Holy Spirit? Where's the Holy Spirit? Where's the Holy Spirit right here, right now, whispering to us? Here's my prayer. My prayer that in the next few minutes together, We'll have a whispering deep within our souls that brings to us the possibility of experiencing the presence of peace. I don't know where you are today, but I'm guessing that there's more than one who needs to experience peace. Not a peace that comes because all your troubles have disappeared. But a peace that comes because the king is present among us. And being made known to us by the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. When I read this passage, I think about waiting. How many, we, we, we've said this several times in the series... How many of you like to wait? I, I, no hands are going up because nobody likes to wait. I mean, we just don't like to wait. However, when we wait and as we wait on the presence of God's kingdom activity, we can wait well because when we read the text, we have the possibility that there is an expectation that is on its way. When we wait with kingdom expectation, we are those whose hearts are filled with opportunity. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting on the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. He would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Now, you know, I've read that a lot over the years of being a pastor and reading the text. And uh, this is the first time this thought has ever come to me. How do we wait well? How do we wait well? We can wait in expectation. We can wait well when a God promise informs our waiting. When a God promise informs our waiting. See, Simeon was, 
wasn't just waiting. He was waiting in the presence of a God promise. You will not die until Messiah comes and you will see him with your own eyes. Now, what are we talking about? Waiting for the consolation of Israel simply means the expectation of Messiah. The expectation of Messiah, the one who will rule and reign, the government will rest upon his shoulders, that he will bring peace on earth and goodwill to men. The songs that we sang this morning just keep rolling around in our heads because this is the one, this baby become king is the Messiah. If you love reading the book of Isaiah, we're talking about Isaiah chapters 40 through 52, these kingly presentations of who it is that is coming that will rescue God's people and change the world forever. He was waiting on the peace that is brought to us in the presence of Jesus. And he says, this is what kind of peace comes. This is what kind of presence comes as Jesus comes. He says, the presence comes to those who are waiting. And he says, specifically to those who are Gentiles who are waiting in a light of revelation. And then for God's people... And glory. He says a revelation of light and a revelation of glory. He's speaking prophetically. And then he just can't help himself. He breaks into song and he says, Sovereign Lord, you promised you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you've prepared in the sight of all nations in light of revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of your people Israel. You see, a God promise is at work. And so let me just talk about how we live well in God promises, right? You can raise your hand on this. God promises anybody? You've had a God promise, right? A God promise, right? Right? A God promise. This is what God does. You're a human being. He speaks to us. He calls us. He opens our hearts. He, he promises us things. We hold them before him. So how is it that we live well into God promises. All right? That's what I want to talk about for the next few minutes. And let me just say this. We live well into God promises when we remember that we never wait on God promises alone. We never wait on God promises alone. This doesn't have to be a secret. Like God promises are meant to be shared. Like hope, expectation, uh, anticipation of what God wants to do. And so here's a couple of ways that we never wait alone. As we see in this text, we never wait alone because the presence of the Holy Spirit is with us and leading us. With us and leading us. Again, 25 and 26. A man named Simeon, righteous and devout, waiting. The Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die. And he was moved by the Spirit into the temple courts. Right? Right? When you, when you think about this, lots of commentators say that what Simeon was experiencing was an abiding presence. Right? An abiding presence. This God promise was resident within him, fueled, a way to think about it is fueled by the power of the Spirit. The promise 
powered by the Spirit. An abiding presence that allows him to be an old man and to be really, 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 really faithful. Uh, read through chapters 1 and 2. And there are two great stories. This is the second of the great stories of old people waiting. Right? Zechariah and Elizabeth, old people waiting. Simeon and Anna, old people waiting. Good news, old folks. (laughs) Your God promise is on the way. Good news, young folks. Your God promise is on the way. You see, we never wait on God's promises alone. The Holy Spirit is with us and leading us. Now, we don't know how it is that Simeon had come to receive the promise. But what we do know is that he was deeply influenced by the promise. He grabbed hold of it with faith and said, yes, yes. Another way to say that, if you talk like Christianese, I receive it. We just welcome it. We welcome the God promises. But not only was the Spirit with him, here it is, the Holy Spirit is interacting with him as well. And the Holy Spirit is with us, but interacts with us as well. Because it says the Holy Spirit was leading him. The Holy Spirit led him to temple that day. He was there constantly. He was there faithfully. But on that day, the Spirit led him to be there waiting and watching. And lo and behold, who appears? Mary and Joseph with the baby Jesus, and when he sees the baby, the consolation of Israel bursts forth in his heart, and he cannot help but sing, Oh God, you are awesome and wonderful. You have delivered what you promised. And this is a, if you want a a fancy word for it, it's an anunc dimittis. I can rest well now. You can call me home now because my eyes have seen the promise and I'm good. Right? See, We never wait alone because the Holy Spirit is present with us. And the Holy Spirit leads us. Now, is this not the preview of the promise of Jesus? Present with you, leading you. The activity of God in his people. And Jesus says, when I go away, it's good for you. It's good for you. See, see, it's not this, that this happened and it doesn't mean anything to us. This happened and we get included because now it's the fulfillment of the promise of Jesus in John 14. I'm going to go away, but when I go away, it will be good because when I go away, the Holy Spirit will be with you and in you. So there is never a place you go that the Holy Spirit is not already present. And there is never a place you go that is not the possibility that the Spirit is leading you there. Even in your everyday, ordinary life. So you get it? I mean, the Holy Spirit is with us and the Holy Spirit is leading us just like Simeon experienced that he was not alone in his waiting But there's a second layer 
of realizing that we never wait on God's promises alone. Let me just point it out. Look around the room, first of all. Just put your head on a swivel for a second. Look around. Are you here by yourself? No, there are lots of other people with you. The presence of God's people is with us and encouraging us. See, we, we're, we're, we're never alone because the presence of God's people is with us and encouraging us. I love it. There's also a prophet, Anna, daughter of Penuel, tribe of Asher. She was very old, and she lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple day and night fasting and praying. doesn't say this, but I see this in my head. This is, this is what my head sees. doesn't say it clearly, but I see it in my head. I just somehow or another think that two old folks hanging out at the temple happen to run into each other. And in very appropriate conversation, they discover that there's a hope that exists within them. And that hope is the consolation of Israel. Ha ha, you're waiting for Messiah. Me too. I even think it's possible that one influenced the other. And I'm not sure how it works. But have you ever been waiting in a promise and you got to feeling like you were alone and it was hard to hang on to the promise you were holding on to? And God just then at that moment sent you someone when you couldn't believe, could believe for you. You couldn't believe, but they could believe for you. Your, your faith was waning, but they just whispered, no, nah, hold on, hold on, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. I'm holding on to the same thing. You see, this is why we never wait alone, because God puts people around us to encourage us. Also, don't let this slip past you. Notice how inclusive the work of God is in the people who are waiting. He's inclusive of men and women, married and disconnected, married and single. And, and he, never, he never lets it slip past us that he's including Gentiles and Jews, men and women, old and young. Mary and Joseph are there. Jesus is there. The fulfillment of God's work is there. And so, so we are never alone. Surrounded by God's people, there is a voice of encouragement that flows to us, but it also flows through us. Let me just say it this way. Today, maybe you're someone who needs a word of encouragement. I'll be bold. I think someone in this room has words of encouragement for you. Words of encouragement. This is what we do. We pass this along. And 
In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says, often the words of encouragement come in this way, which is leading me to the next movement forward. I'm going to get there. It says, 1 verse 5-ish of 1 Corinthians. The God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our trouble, so that we may comfort others with the comfort we have received from him. See, you don't know it. You don't know it. But we're all, you do know this, but you dismiss it. We're all humans. And we all live in the same world. And we've all experienced how messy it is. And in our humanity, we bless others when we share with them where God has met us in our moment, moments, sometimes very long moments of pain. And we just simply say, God met me. What you don't know is that you're prophesying hope to a person who's broken and wounded. Have you laid awake nights crying, praying for God to come, and he comes? Don't hold it to yourself because simply sharing it with someone else will bring them the possibility of hoping because they may also have laid awake at night weeping, waiting, watching, and empty. But you just simply say to them, I've been there and God met me and I, I just want to let you know he sees he knows, he loves, and it's possible for him to meet you right now where you are. God met me, I believe he can meet you. The reason I say it connects us to this, because Simeon doesn't pull any punches. I told you he sang joyfully and he sang prophetically. He sang the song and then he prophesied. And he just says simply this, how would you like this blessing? This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and the sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will push your own soul too. Uh, thanks, Simeon. Uh, thanks? Wait, wait, now you have to understand this. You have to understand this. And what little bit of insight I have is simply this. This is a pivotal moment in the history of the world. And what Simeon is saying is this baby that's been born is a moment of encounter that you have to do something with it. Like, like, the revelation of light and glory demands a response. You just can't, you can't be neutral about Jesus. 
impossible. You can't be, if you take what he says seriously, you can't be neutral about Jesus. In the words of C.S. Lewis, he was either Lord, liar, or lunatic. He can't be neutral. I happen to believe he's Lord. We sang it. Lord of all creation. And when we come into contact with waiting, as we wait, we have to understand that as we wait on God's promises, we'll often experience pain because there's a gap in the delivery of the promise of God. And the gap in delivery is always the source of our pain. And so that's why we pray expectantly, How long, O Lord, how long? How long, O Lord, how long? We say, even so, come, Lord Jesus, right here, right now. So he says... Falling and rising of many. You see, in the name of Jesus, some people are revealed and they fall because they cannot grasp the revelation of who he is. And many rise with hope because they have grasped the revelation of who he is. You can't be neutral. It's simply a sign that will be spoken against. It's simply controversy. Whenever you talk about Jesus, it gets controversial. But then... Here's the penetrating thing. He says simply, Jesus reveals the thoughts in the hearts of many. You see, he just, he, he just gets into our business. Can I just tell you, he gets into our business in the really, really best way ever. Because in our business, he's always cheering for our good. And desiring to relieve release us into greater measures of hope. Now I think a prophetic word here simply was this. He also reminded Mary that there was a day coming that she needed to be aware of where she would be present at the foot of a cross the sacrificial life of her son given for all the light of revelation for the Gentiles. And the glory of God for Israel. No one's left unattached, not included. Final thing I want to say is simply this the song that Simeon sang. is the opportunity for us to live well with Simeon because a promise fulfilled always brings peace. Promise fulfilled always brings peace. Sovereign Lord, as you've promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. I like it. For I am filled, my, my eyes have been filled with your salvation. And then I love it. You've prepared in the sight of all nations a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people. So the question I want to ask us in our waitings, where's Jesus? In our waiting, where's Jesus?
She and, and Anna's waiting and Simeon's waiting. Jesus was there, present. He was the source of their hope. He was the source of their expectation. He was the fulfillment of the promise that they were waiting on. I regularly found that at the center of lots of my hopes that are appropriate and almost always most painful is a longing. Is a longing that only Jesus can fill. A longing only Jesus can fill. What better time of year for Jesus to be present among us with the possibility of peace? Not in my notes, it just comes to my head. Really old song, church I grew up in. This is my prayer for us. I will sing this. And it goes like this. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting. While I am waiting. While I am waiting. While I am waiting. See that's. God promise you're the potter I'm the clay mold me and make me after you I will wait on you and when we do and as we do peace and its possibility are always present why don't you stand just a minute, I'm going to ask our prayer ministry teams who are available to come and stand before you, just so that you know that there are people who are coming and available to stand with you in prayer and hold on to the promises of God in your life that you're dreaming of. The thought that I had today about prayer is simply this. Just the, the, here, I can't get away from this, that there are some long-held promises that are still like you don't have an answer. There's, you've been holding on to them for a while in the sense that this promise is old. You might not be old, but the promise is really old. Or you might be old and the promise is really old. But the context of today is people who had waited on promises for a very long time who also happened to be aged. I don't think being aged is the issue. I think waiting a long time is the issue. So I'm going to ask our ministry team to come forward now so that there will be people here that 
are identifiable in prayer. So if you're a small group leader, if you're a leader in the church, you know who you are. Please come and make yourself available to pray for those who might desire prayer today. You don't have to make this up. When I said a long time promised yet fulfilled, your heart jumped within you and you said, yeah, that's me. I've been waiting on this thing for really long. You can tell me what it is. You can tell me the name. You can tell me where you got it. You can tell me all kinds of things about it. So you don't have to think of anything. If it didn't come to you, that's not you. But if it came to you, it is you. And I just want to suggest that one of the ways we put ourselves in the position to be receptive to peace that is present is to just let God know we haven't forgotten, we're holding on, and we sure want him to intervene. Lord, would you just do? Would you just do what you can do? Like, here it is, Lord. I'm holding it before you. I'm asking, will you do what you've promised? Will you do what you, will you, do what you promised? So if that's you, I want you to come for prayer. If you need prayer for anything else, please don't leave. Don't leave today. Don't leave today without receiving prayer. We don't do it this way often, but today I found a prayer that was compelling to me in my study. The church I grew up in sort of had this notion that um, if you couldn't pray extemporaneously, you probably couldn't pray. I've since learned that there's prayers of the saints that are deep and well-loved and very appropriate, so I found one today that's not extemporaneous. It's written... And I've procured it in front of me, and it says this, Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, give to us, your service, servants, that peace which the world cannot give. So that our minds may be fixed on doing your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness through the mercies of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you until we see you again. Come forward for prayer if you need it. Don't leave without receiving prayer. And thank you for being with us today. Hey, Christmas Eve is just around the corner we'd love to have you join us our christmas service christmas eve service is one of two services possible coming this week blessings to you until we see you again